Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, Ask questions and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now... Taz and Paula. Well, good afternoon out there, everyone. I have a question to ask everybody. Have you ever thought what would happen if our grid system went down? Well, our guest will clue us in on that. Um, Retired policy analyst for the Department of Defense for 23 years, Michael Maloof, warned us of the dangers of an EMP attack. He is now aligning with George Norrie's campaign to protect protect the grid. Michael's outlined how either a nuclear attack in the atmosphere or an intense solar flares could cripple everything from daily routines to national defense. Michael breaks down the threat in his book, A Nation Forsaken. He even outlines how our military is, is also vulnerable to the EMP event due to a 99% dependency on the nation's electrical grid system for electric, electricity and communications, raising the high pros- prospect that it may not be able to function to defend the nation in time of the greatest need. You are now listening to the Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Yay, Michael Maloof <laughs> and George Norrie. So glad that the big guns are on it. In 2008, a congressional commission studied uh, the consequences of an EMP attack, not only the, gr- the power grid itself, but also the consequences to every sector of our economy, um, telecommunications, banking, transportation, food, manufacturing, construction, and energy. So why isn't Congress doing anything about it? While these critical infrastructures continue to face such an impending crisis, Congress has basically ignored its own commission report and instead has treated the threat of an EMP attack, excuse me, event as a political football to be punted whenever expedient for their own gain. Paula, it's plain to see we are so busy in our own daily lives 
we forget about the scale if it's tipped too far. I'm so glad we have Michael on our doorstep with us today. Yes, and uh, you know, Michael, we welcome you to our show, and it's going to be Thank a you. wonderful show. Um, my thought here is I've talked to different people that some of the folks out there that's listening to us, they don't even know about the power grid and how it works and how mm-hmm. complicated it is and how it can affect us if it went down. Can you give us the, the basics about the, the sure. power grid? Sure. Well, our, our electrical grid, and there are three of them in the United States. We have the eastern grid, the western grid, and the Texas grid. And they sort of uh, work uh, hand, in, hand in glove with one another. Uh, but but they are, are meant to uh, provide the uh, essential electricity to make this country uh, work uh, from our from our industries and um, and and our power plants to um, to our into our homes and we just uh, take all of this uh, for granted we we uh, just assume things are going to work we have automated control systems which require electricity and if electric we have uh, serious, as you pointed out earlier, uh, serious critical infrastructures uh, that depend upon the grid in order to function. And these are life-sustaining critical infrastructures now. Uh, these, by life-sustaining, I mean we we rely on uh, communications. We rely on our uh, uh, not only the grid, but the communications, the the uh, ability to deliver food and 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 water every day, the ability to pump our our fuel into our cars, even to make our cars run, because they have uh, electrical automated systems themselves. Also, uh, uh, our, our ATM machines, our our emergency services, all of these are uh, predicated on the ability of that grid to work. Well, we've been over the years, uh, we've been basically uh, building on the grid with more and more demand, and as the demand increases. For more electricity to meet uh, more exotic and um, uh, new levels of technology that we that we put on it, uh, we we will we just add on. We, we basically have a jerry-rigged system in effect throughout the United States now. And uh, what what happens is that uh, uh, and and there has been some uh, tinkering with it to try and and make it immune to let's say nearby lightning strikes and what have you, but. Uh, Nothing that would compare uh, should uh, there be an electromagnetic pulse event, either from the sun or from a, a man-made uh, source of high-altitude nuclear explosion, that the pulse of which is far stronger than lightning, far stronger than even a solar flare, and it would, it would it knock out, it can knock out all vulnerable electronics. And so uh, the and this has been the subject of my book, Why the Federal Government, who's known about this for years and years and years, has really done very little, if anything, about it. Uh, and, uh, and given all the other uh, pressures we have coming, uh, they're not addressing it. For example, the federal government, um, of course, has control over the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, and we've been trying endlessly to get the Department of Homeland Security to make EMP one of their 15 national planning scenarios. These scenarios are what kicks in should there be an, a, an emergency such as hurricanes, uh, tornadoes, uh, flooding, even terrorist attacks. Um, and and from those planning scenarios, the state and local uh, officials take their lead, and then they then devise their own uh, planning scenarios based upon the national plan uh, scenario. Well, if you don't have one for EMP, 
then that means your state and local officials haven't done it either. So if and, and if an EMP occurs, especially over a wide geographical area, then we have to assume that almost all communications will be knocked out. Your your, your uh, emergency services, which also rely on electricity and communications, may not be able to function, and your law enforcement will be uh, uh, in a in a similar in, in a similar uh, condition. And basically, then you're on your own. And that's one of the reasons why I and a few others are calling for reestablishment or recreation, if you will, of the uh, civil defense uh, uh, locations uh, throughout the country, like we had during the Cold War, to have food, water, essential medications stored so that if there is such an event, people will know where to go to. Now, this is a, this is a vulnerability to this nation. When you combine this vulnerability with other vulnerabilities that we're now seeing occurring, such as the flooding of immigration coming over the borders unchecked, which could also include your al-Qaeda mm-hmm. units that merge in with your, 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 uh, your drug, enforce, your drug uh, cartels and your MS-13 people, which already are in about 1,200 U.S. cities. Uh, we see a, a pattern of uh, activity here that portends a very serious vulnerability to this nation. And the, what's really incredible is that all of these vulnerabilities could be fixed, including EMP. Hmm. Michael, now, what, I have what, a question. Uh, I, uh, my question is, when we, when we talk about protecting our system, is mm-hmm. this a, a protection field that goes around um, in some way that if – if the um, electrical uh, impulse were to strike it, or mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking if the sun, uh, the solar uh, flares from the sun, it's like you mm-hmm. never know when that's going to happen. True. You know? true. And no, so, is there some kind of field, a protection field, that that it would hit first before? Uh, um, it, well, if we we can, as we upgrade our, as we upgrade the grid and all electronics upon which it depends, we should be putting in uh, radiation-hardened uh, uh, chips technologies that can w- be able to withstand that. Uh, now, by doing that, we, we begin to, to mitigate the problem very, very, uh, uh, very uh, uh, in a great way. But if we uh, don't do anything, then we're highly vulnerable. Now, we can, as, and the systems are being upgraded all the time. What they need to be doing is putting in more of your uh, radiation-hardened chips, being able to ground these facilities. And as you point out, uh, if a solar flare can hit at any time, now the, the, the response from the utilities is, well, we'll get about a few hours' notice from, um, from NASA, and we can shut down the grid. But what we've discovered <laughs> is that if you get a direct hit, and even from a nuclear device, you, you could burn out even something that's turned off. Uh, so what we need to do is be able to harden that grid, be able to put in more capacitors, be able to put in uh, more grounding of all of our systems, all of our utilities, and that needs to be done on a nationwide basis. Now, how do you go about that? Well, ideally, if we had a, a greater priority from the federal government and had somebody under the National Security Council that could uh, uh, coordinate federal, state, local uh, um, activities to to harden that to harden the grid systems and the utilities across the country, then we help mitigate it. Now we're not going to eliminate it entirely if we get some kind of a hit. 
because something's bound to, to pop, but it will not be completely knocked out as it would be if we did nothing. Is that like a cloak yeah. or something that would that would be out there? Is that like a what? A cloak, you know? No, well, no, it, it's it's it would be within the individual systems. We've got to be able to. Um, uh, it would be built within the hardware itself. Uh, there wouldn't be any cover per se, a literal cover, uh, like a like you would have on a on a Faraday cage to store your uh, to store some uh, valuable electronics and what have you. But it would be more uh, of of uh, upgrading the hardware itself so that it's able to withstand uh, uh, a, a, an electromagnetic pulse. Like, electromagnetic pulse is a high intense form of of energy, uh, electromagnetic energy, such as your X-rays, your your gamma rays, and these come at terrific speeds. And and if and if your elect if your electronics are not protected, including your grid, then it will just knock them out or fry them altogether and absolutely destroy it. And I mean, there have been instances where there have been nearby lightning strikes on unplugged uh, equipment, electronic equipment that got fried. So it's it's not impervious. Even unplugged stuff is not impervious to such a condition, and that's why we need to uh, ensure that we we in in, uh, in providing a protection of our grid system, uh, whether from natural or man-made uh, means that uh, that we use that we start focusing attention on that type of technology. It's going to cost. And this is where the federal government, in cooperation with the states and local governments, can uh, begin to do something. But, again, I think you need that national coordinator. Now, we're, we do have legislation that's pending in the House called the SHIELD Act, which has been uh, – which has passed the House uh, about two or three uh, previous times, but it's never made its way through the Senate. And this the, – the latest version of the, uh, of the um, SHIELD Act does address the hardware issue, and it – it then gives the federal government authority to direct the utilities to fix these things. Now, we don't want the utilities to be absorbing all the costs, and this is where the federal government could maybe put up as much as about $2 billion, and, and the problem will be resolved. And that eliminates at least one serious, serious vulnerability that this nation is facing right now. Because if, if the lights go out and all communications go out, nothing else is going to matter. Uh, we, we're, we're going to have over 300 million people who are who are potentially uh, facing uh, uh, certain death, and uh, and we're talking uh, 90%. And this is a and this is an estimate by NASA uh, just from a direct uh, solar flare should it hit the uh, should it hit Earth. And some of these solar flares are 14 times the size of the Earth itself, so it could it would encompass the entire Earth. It would throw it would throw uh, communities back into the 19th century and if you're able to live without your lights and electricity and and um and running water and all that stuff then you're going to be okay and you can and you have a means of obtaining food or growing your own food you'll be fine in that regard but then you're going to be fighting off people the have-nots who are going to be wanting what you got so that 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 it, you're going to have basically anarchy and chaos and and it, and it can be very catastrophic uh, for the society and that then leaves us extraordinarily vulnerable to other uh, potential threats as a consequence. So it sounds like the solar flares are even uh, more dangerous than uh, the... Well, they're um, the most immediate threat because we're going through that period now of a solar flare maximum, and they can they can spin off at any time. It depends upon if the uh, 
you know, to keep it in the simplest terms, if you're if you're um, uh, if, if the sunspots on the Earth on the sun are in approximate alignment with Earth, then we are highly vulnerable. And they they spin around, they they come around, and uh, and then when they start spewing these, lashing these uh, uh, flares off the off the solar surface, again you see they're they're huge. They're, they're, they 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 make the um, they make they make the Earth look like a dot compared to their size. It's uh, unbelievable. And if one of those comes straight at us, then that will interfere with our um, uh, magnetic poles and and uh, and and fry all the electronics that's not protected. And uh, that's what that seems to be the most uh, the the area that's of the most immediate concern right now. NASA says if we're hit with one of those direct ones, the United States alone would sustain uh, a $2 trillion cost within the first year. And it would take four to ten years to recover, and it would probably uh, uh, cause uh, 90% of the U.S. population to die because from starvation. And it would certainly eliminate your urban centers as a consequence. Because they well, people have, because of the inability to store food, they, they, they rely 100% on deliveries, uh, in, including water to be able to process it, you wouldn't be able to go anywhere because uh, fuel pumps don't wouldn't work. It it can be rather catastrophic, and all the things that we take for granted, like st- stoplights, uh, how they work on automation, uh, the, the the pumping of the gas, the ATM machines, uh, even even the uh, regulating the flow of your uh, natural gas and oil through pipelines, the the million miles of pipelines that crisscross this nation. All of those would be jeopardized, and you would have secondary fires and explosions. Also, because of the sewage systems also rely on electronics in the cities, uh, that, that would begin to build up and pile up, including garbage, and as a consequence, disease would then uh, begin to happen. And disease can can kick in very, very quickly, especially in hot climates. Now, we're, we're going on a lot of alternative uh, electricity, like Solar and uh, wind and uh, it's not going to be sufficient those... uh, to, for the for the entire population. In fact, it's it's minuscule compared to what energy demands this country has for everything today. I was just thinking it, it would be a, it would be a non-starter. Well, there's some cities like San Francisco. They're going to try to get off the grid. Um, mm-hmm. because so, yeah, but they've got to if, be sure that, that what they what they have is that there's no electron that there are no electronic components. Those electronic components could also be jeopardized. I might also add your your uh, nuclear uh, uh, power plants. Uh, they they right. they have a, a, a they have generators that can kick in, but that they will only last for as long as there's fuel, and 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 then you have the potential problem of overheating of the core, the nuclear core. And then you have what occurred in Japan a few years ago at Fukushima, in which then areas then become irradiated and you can't enter them uh, because of the uh, because the the the, the uh, cores became uh, were, were not cooled off. Well, there's we're, be... we're also beginning to see another problem uh, occurring, and you said you're in the San Jose area, I believe. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, you had an episode there a few years ago, in which somebody shot out some 17 uh, transformers. Uh, we're seeing this occurring in additional cities. 
And we think that uh, and when you knock, when you when you shoot out the transformers, and given the precision of where they hit those transformers, the the idea was to cause the coolant within those transformers to leak, and and then thereby fry the the, the transformers. And many of those transformers are so large that they have to be special ordered, and they're very difficult to replace in normal times. And so, and we've seen some episodes now in New Jersey, and the concern among security officials is that this may be the basis for something larger to happen. And uh, and I think uh, security officials are watching this very closely because the San Jose episode was not the first. And um, and if people know where to hit these transformers, know where they're located first of all, and they're not in physically secure areas, oftentimes then that that poses a vulnerability. We've never we've never had threats to the homeland like we're beginning to see occurring now. And uh, we're not ready for them. And I know we some of us have been warning since the mid 70s of these of these prospects of vulnerabilities uh, from physical on a, from a, just from a physical security standpoint. Uh your elect, your electricity, your 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 towers and what have you, they're all open and they're not protected in any way. And 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 if there's minimal protection, there's ways around it, especially if someone's determined to uh, hit them and be successful well, and, could, and create havoc. Well, the terrorists could come in and um, hit all over the United States. I mean, sure. places. Well, as I said, really you've got the cartels, you got the cartels and the MS-13 people already in 1,200 U.S. cities, and there's there's uh, there's information out there that shows that uh, al-Qaeda and, and the cartels have been talking to one another and working with one another just in, a, in an attempt to, to potentially smuggle into the United States. And, and given the flow of immigration that we're having, that we're now seeing down at the border, unchecked, unregulated now, um, a lot of those young children, if, if you can call them that, are, are young people who uh, could continue, potentially be sleepers for uh, the cartels and the MS-13 people, and they could actually infiltrate and and actually plan the, these kinds of uh, activities within within our uh, communities throughout the United States. And are the trucks allowed to go across the border without being checked? I mean, I know at one point people were complaining about that, and mm-hmm. they come back and forth without being checked. Is that still true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as I know. Well, Again, I mean, I'm not. I, I don't watch the water that closely, but uh, on a day-to-day basis. But there, I, I, I know of the instances, and if they are checked, they, it's probably very superficial now because uh, because your customs and border patrol people are in such high demands of uh, changing diapers and what have you. So you know, it's uh, very yeah. difficult. <laughs> I really question, uh, Michael. Also, what about? Putting the grid system under, under the ground so it's not as vulnerable in that way that people can see things, and um, and how would that go? Well, you, you it basically would require a massive investment that uh, to, to to put everything underground that uh, we just don't have the resources to do right now. Uh, mm-hmm. We can build walls around it and what have you, but. Um, and we can certainly uh, harden the grid, and that's what that's what we ought to focus on. We ought to go with what is rather than trying to expend money that's going to take years and years and years to uh, to 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 replace completely with a new system. And uh, and even then, if you have any attenuating wire, uh, they t- they can act as antennas and still burn things out. So well, that's why it's really a- essential to harden everything. 
That's key. Plus, there's a state. There's a state like New York that can't have it underground because of in Louisiana because of flooding. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, underground Louisiana down in New Orleans. It, it's already under normal circumstances. It's uh, New Orleans is five feet uh, below sea level, so nothing is going to be. Nothing could go underground in those yeah. in those locations along. And you know, uh, about seventy percent of your population is generally along the coastlines anyway. What's what is the what is the holdup as far as doing zero point energy out there? I mean, and, and I know Tesla has created aspects that I think our military might be aware of at this point. And you know, uh, what's the matter going in that direction instead of um, doing archaic forms? Well, again, it's going to take time and resources and uh, you know money and 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 time. And I think we're uh, on borrowed time now. Uh, you can you can work up exotic systems and what have you, but what we need to focus right now on is fix what we have, and let's yeah, let's get basics. that going. Then we can work on the other stuff. Now, well, how I'm, do we go I'm forward? To shake? <laughs> I was going to say I'm shocked that the military is dependent on the grid system. Why don't they have their own system so they don't have to be? Well, they're they're working on a microgrid, but again, that's going to be dependent on, um, and and it's only in a very few locations on an experimental basis. And even that's exposed, and, and and it probably feeds in from the uh, regular uh, uh, grid system on the outside. But it's um, and, and and they also their water watering systems and everything on the bases uh, uh, depend upon uh, the uh, civilian sector. And if, it, if that's why we've really got to start focusing on fixing fixing uh, the U.S. Uh, civilian sector, and uh, then all the other stuff will will, will work. Now we've got. Uh, the military has, knowing about EMP, has hardened uh, their offensive weapons systems uh, against uh, an EMP, uh, such as your uh, battleships and uh, your aircraft and what have you. But uh, that's operational. This that has that has nothing to do with the ability just to function, and they haven't uh, been able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I would add, I would add that uh, there's. You know, we could. We the, the question then is, well, why don't we get the Defense Department to go ahead and do all these things? Because, well, the Defense Department looks upon the Department of Homeland Security as the lead in fixing the homeland. So, uh, and therein lies the rub. And uh, if 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 DHS is is uh, lax, then uh, nothing's going to get fixed. And right now they're lax. Well, the homeland security. It's a fairly new organization. Are you going to go? Okay. Okay. Uh, They're fairly new organization. Are they well organized? The homeland. Well, it 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 came about as a result of 9/11, and a lot of agencies were thrown into it. And I would say that that is one of the single agencies whose morale is the lowest today among the among the federal agencies. They have they have a lot of responsibility. But there's a lot of infighting and a lot of, and people are on burnout anyway because uh, we've been on, on alert constantly since 9/11, and uh, people are just getting tired. And and then you have the uh, usual and customary bureaucratic lethargy that that kicks in, and uh, we've seen that time and again. And the ability to coordinate and work with other agencies also is lacking. So it's a mess. Yeah. We need a big cheerleader. Hey, hmm. how we need do a we president. shake? 
Yeah. How, well, how do we, we can think up loose, uh, how, how do we loosen up Congress here to to go forward on what needs to be done? Well, Is there... uh, well, I think I think we're I'm hoping we're hoping that um, after the November elections that we're going to see some changes in Congress that'll be more uh, 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 prone toward being proactive in this area. And uh, again, as I said, we're already on borrowed time, and they're going to have to act fast. And I think that. Uh, we we need to uh the the shield act is a good first start and uh and if both house and congress passes that even after the legislation is passed it will take at least 5 years to get fully implemented so we're yeah. we're we're talking about some lead time that's uh and if we're already on borrowed time any anything after that is going to be uh uh we're going to we're going to be in an increasingly compromising position and and then we have a lot of people on the outside world who hate our guts and uh and and more and more now they're getting missile and and, and nuclear capable technologies that they could uh, potentially use against us so we not only have the internal uh vulnerability and threat we also have the external and uh therein uh, is is why even though we have oceans separating us uh from other conflict uh air zones zones uh, then uh this this can actually come back in uh and bite us uh, rapidly. So we need to be uh, writing our congressmen. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, a very conscientious effort uh, needs to be done in that regard. Now, uh, just before we went on, you and I were talking, and I was on uh, Coast to Coast uh, for about two hours the other night, and uh, spoke to George Nury. And right after our broadcast, uh, he the next day he called my boss. And and I work with uh, WND, uh, World Net Daily, and uh, he said we need to form a partnership. He wants to use his program in, in cooperation with us to push for the passage of, of that national legislation. And and of course we're we're all for it. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna be doing what we can. In fact, this weekend I'll be going out into into uh, Colorado to uh, do some. Uh, TV taping for that purpose. He has a TV program as well, so I'll be um, working on that aspect of it as in, in addition to doing my regular work. But we so want to. Be, you, it's not. To, it's not to get. It's not to get personal fame. The idea is to fix the problem, and it's fixable. And this is what's just that is nerve wracking to to uh, to a large degree. That we know the problem. We've identified the problem. But we don't have the oomph to fix it, and that hmm. seems to be where the problem lies. Are there and we know how to fix it. Are, yeah. <laughs> well, are there other areas that already have their grid system in place? That already have it. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, more and more now, we're seeing uh, the countries that have experienced war on their soil are hardening for an EMP event. Um, I know Israel has done it, China, and Russia. Now, I just did a story that will probably appear tomorrow on WND in which the Chinese have been conducting um, military exercises, said to be the largest, in which they simulate an EMP attack from the United States onto their own systems and how they then they work to counter it. So they're already taking EMP into account. To, to make their own systems impervious to an EMP attack. So well, could we get work on a state level, I mean, to get our states like 
Cal- we're in the state of California. Can we work on the state level? Yes. The, the, it's important for the states to kick in until the federal government finally comes around. We've been working with a number of states to address this issue. We've, um, what we've done, is, and, and we're trying to get it done, is uh, get states to write to their governors and to their legislatures and legislators, uh, to, which have jurisdiction over their utilities, by the way, to, to take that necessary action to harden those grids within a certain time frame. We were successful in getting last year in getting Maine to uh, come up with legislation that was successful in working on ways to harden its grid. We're, and we're working with a number of other states, New York, um, uh, Carolinas, uh, Florida, uh, to do the same. But the problem with that is that it will be inconsistent it won't be um it, it'll be uh at different levels and each each state will do what they feel like doing it what doesn't necessarily assure us that the the level of, of of protection has been achieved even though they might do something but it may not be and of course a lot of states like in like in Maine they rely on the grid system in Massachusetts and the, that yeah. powerful lobby down there utilities are are, are, are resisting this because of the cost. So what does that do for Maine? What, well, Maine then has to uh, put in things that stop the any uh, any uh, pulse from hitting their systems. Should there be such a thing, by you know putting in capacitors and and uh, gr- and groundings and what have you, and 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 working on hardening their own technology within the state uh, because they cannot get the cooperation from another state. So That'd we've got that issue. <laughs> Yeah, you're yeah, going to have a ripple effect. So, so even though you that's have why, that's why state, it's yeah. why if you had if you had someone at the federal level that can oversee this and get and get timetables set up so that states have to comply by a certain date, then then we're then we're cooking. That but uh right now that's not the case. And the way the process works now, you put out a you put out a uh, uh the the uh, federal energy uh commission puts out uh a uh, requirement. They, give, they, they have all this kind of time for responses. Then there's rebuttal. You know, the process is what is what is a killer, and it can go on for months and maybe even years before you begin to see any action. And then it may not be sufficient. And that's what I'm beginning to see is is occurring now. It's basically a slow roll toward failure, and uh, rather than a fast track toward failure, we're on a slow roll toward failure when we when we institute these kinds of bureaucratic obstacles to get things done especially when we the president who brags about having a pen and a phone could sign an executive order tomorrow or even today it's not five o'clock here yet sign one today and basically ordering the the department of homeland security to make emp one of its national planning scenarios and in that way that then uh, uh gets your, your your emergency services, your your law enforcement services, uh, at the state and local levels to uh, then respond to that and 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 put in systems in order to uh, be in compliance with that, and that's not happening. Again, it can be done by executive order, or just by a letter. You don't need a law in that regard. He he has a, he has sufficient authority, but he isn't doing anything. He's off playing golf, literally as we're speaking right now, at Martha's Vineyard. And where is his concern about EMP? Well, is there um, a uh, form here that can be established so people can sign and 
and get it going in that direction. Everybody in the world has the same needs, Michael. We all have sure. roofing and electrical and, and sure. um you know what I mean? Well, so it's we, there like, are uh, entities. There are entities that you can go on the the web as long as the web is still functioning <laughs> uh, <laughs> to imp, impact America, EMP America. Uh, we have set up a uh, EMP coalition here in Washington. It's it's uh, again an informal group. Uh, the the House of Representatives has now created an EMP caucus, and it's chaired by uh, Representative Trent Franks from Arizona. And uh, and and there's a number of others who sit on that, mostly Republicans, few Democrats, not many, but they they uh, but they are they are uh, trying to push the legislation now, at least in the House, and they're having to overcome uh, Representative Frank Upton, who's chairman of the Energy Committee, who's in the pocket of the utilities, and as a consequence, oh. uh, things are things aren't moving. So we've had to come up with. Ulterior, or alternative rather, uh, approaches to try and get that legislation passed in the House as well. And certainly in the Senate, it's dead, uh, as long as we have the current leadership that's over there. Well, we can, now, remove, we can remove people <laughs> and say, uh, you know what, you're ousted. We need you to work together with, you know, with everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, maybe we have to take steps in that format. Uh, well, it's a, it's a start. You got to replace what. I, I, that's why I said November should be. Uh, if things turn out right in November, then I'm hoping that we can start moving ahead, moving forward with this stuff. Again, we're already way behind the power curve, but we need to do something to uh, get get going if we're going to operate in a legal fashion. And as I said too, the president has executive authority to do certain things already within his own executive agencies, and he's not doing it. Okay, what would, so what would it take to right? get him moving? <laughs> What's that? What would, what would it take to get him moving? Well, you might have to um, sign up for his um, uh, tea time, I don't know, uh, on the golf course uh, in order to get to him. <laughs> I, it, I, I think people can write letters to the White House underscoring the urgency to get this done, uh, and hopefully that will get uh, some attention. Uh, but but he, has that, he has that power and that authority right now, right to the right – to the uh, Secretary of Homeland Security to try and get this issue uh, on the front burner rather than the, the far, far back burner. <laughs> now, is there a website people can go to uh, that specifically addresses this? Uh, well, as I said, Impact America has their own website. Um, Impact America? Yeah, uh, EMP America. Uh, there's There aren't too many out there. Uh, you can go to the departments themselves, and they have websites, I guess, that uh, allow you to uh, write to write uh, letters to, write and write U.S. senators and congressmen. That's really that's really key, and and uh, they they can certainly then pass that information, that letter on, to the respective agencies involved, and get them to respond as to why they're not doing things, and uh, and that that helps them too. It gives them spotlight on. On this very serious issue of vulnerability, and I think that uh, uh, they probably would welcome that. So I, I would encourage people to also write to their senators and congressmen. And there's local companies that I think are um, involved in um, with the power grid system um, going in and fixing it or 
Hard Unit. I think it's Siemens. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that company? Oh yeah, Siemens is out of Germany. Yeah, but it's yeah they've got a, they got offices here. Yeah, the Germans yeah. are aware of uh, EMP, and uh, but but again they're going to take their lead uh, right right to right to the uh, major uh, power companies. That 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 that's what people also need to do if they really need to get a national campaign going, and that's what we're hoping to get going through uh, uh, the auspices of uh, George Nury at Coast to Coast. And of course, I'll continue writing stories about it and uh, and making uh, appearances on it and uh, to talk about the uh, the urgency on it. Yeah, we can well, get you know, the editorial. There's a simplicity aspect here, and that is. If we're affected, so are other countries. I yeah. mean, the food and everything else. So why not? Why do countries not work together on this instead of making the spread ridiculous? And again, it's like a family of unity coming together on the planet to to not only protect its people but protect the planet as well. So. Um, you know, I think we're, we need to go in a different direction here. Maybe we need to look on a, on a larger scale. Well, I think you need to. I think you need to hit all of the uh, buttons at the same time. Frankly, I uh, who on the international scale will will be listening? Uh, now, countries, the most industrialized countries of the world, will be mostly affected. Uh, your less developed countries, your third world countries, will be far less affected because they don't rely on the grid system as much as we do. Or on deliveries, automated systems like we do. We're probably the great. We're, we're probably this country is probably the most vulnerable throughout the world right now. Well, do we ripple into Canada? Mm-hmm. When uh, absolutely our grid system, yeah, absolutely. There was a uh, solar flare strike in '89 that hit the uh, Quebec Dam, and the pulse came down. It it it, it knocked out the lives of six million uh, Canadians. And then that pulse came on down the uh, eastern grid and was stopped by a capacitor in Allegheny, uh, New York. And if that capacitor didn't stop that pulse, uh, it would have knocked out the entire east coast as well. So we are connected to the answer to your question. Yeah, so we need to be working with Canada also. Yes, and Mexico, I'd add, because they have systems too that – um, uh, on which um, you know, probably people closer to the border probably have some electrical uh, exchanges, but um, but I, I think that um, more and more we're going to be needing to work with other countries on this. The UN, of course, is dead on arrival; can't get them to focus on anything, and they haven't focused on half the world problems that exist right now. So uh, we basically have to work from within and, and then get our leadership. Uh, for what it's worth, to uh, start working with other countries to do the same. Well, I think we need to worry about our, our own country first. Yeah, I think vulnerable. so. I think I think the priority should be here first. Work with work at the federal, state, and then at federal levels, and uh, and begin to um, try to get some uh, action going. I know the Brits are very concerned about this too. The British, they they their their Ministry of Defense has uh, voiced similar. Uh, Concerns about the impact of a uh, of a EMP, and so they're taking certain actions uh, themselves. So the British, the British have been uh, very attuned to uh, this. What add too that insurance companies now are coming around more and more. Lloyd's of London, for example, uh, put out uh, a warning to uh, insurance companies that they with whom they work, uh, saying that if your uh, 
company is knocked out from an EMP, uh, don't expect to be insured. Oh, that might be an uh, angle to come across with. <laughs> yes, because that yes, that, money it's talks. a very good angle. Get insurance companies to now to start imposing that requirement on companies. That's another that's another approach. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. You have a book. I have a book. You you have released. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Okay. It's called A Nation Forsaken EMP. The um, uh, it's about EMP and it's about uh, why why this how how the federal government has forsaken this country and not taking action on EMP. And uh, it's called EMP: The Escalating Threat of a of a of, a, of an American Catastrophe. And it's um, it's available on Amazon and at WND Books, and it lays out in very stark terms what those threats are to our uh, critical infrastructures from an EMP, whether natural or man-made. And um, and I also get into toward the end on what individuals can do uh, to for for preparation for their families uh, should there be a uh, widespread geographic blackout. Uh, that could last uh, days, weeks, months, maybe even years, and um, what what they need to do to uh, you know protect their families and what have you. And and as I said, your your urban centers are going to be most affected by by uh, such an event. And I um, I would encourage people to read it. It gives them a better foundation of uh, what needs to be done, or and to explain the problem. Explains the problem and why we are so vulnerable and what we need to do to fix it. And We um, need to send a book to every senator, one of your books to every senator. <laughs> Not a bad idea. <laughs> Not a bad idea. It, Have you gotten, I, I th- hmm? Go ahead. Have you gotten a lot of feedback from your book? Well, you go to Amazon, there's been, uh, uh, it, it's been uh, liked by 4.5 out of 5 people. So uh, I think uh, the... Uh, the, the view about it is that it's very uh, worthwhile, very forthcoming, and uh, easy to read. It, this is a very technical subject, can be, but I'm not a techie, so I had to put it in plain talk English so that I would understand it. So, and and that's what I've done with this uh, with this book. And it's not a very long read. Uh, it, it and uh, it, it flows very very nicely, and uh, and but it gets the point across. And I think that that's what. Uh, but it's a good primer and good background on what EMP is and 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 uh, how it's come about, how we discovered it, and uh, what what its implications are, how it would affect us in uh, some of the more of our most uh, critical uh, life-sustaining infrastructures that we uh, that we depend on just to survive on a daily basis. You know, for all the people on their smartphones. Yeah, forget it. That will be eliminated. (laughs) You know, Uh, people just don't think about this uh, funny scenario. I mean, they they go about their daily lives and um, hanging off their wash and, and, uh, uh, you know, looking at their smartphones, and they forget that there's another part here that uh, we need to work together in cooperation to go go further. Well, I agree. Uh, But it's it's getting people... um, Organized to, to to undertake this rather monumental effort, and uh, uh, we've had Judge uh, G- we've worked with Judge Janine recently on Fox News, and she did a whole program dedicated to EMP and its effects. 
and its okay. effects. And uh, so we're, we're we're getting to we're we're getting we're reaching out more and more to folks to uh, give them background so they can do their thing and, and explain it to people in their within their formats. But you know, our PG&E has spent all kinds of money on uh, smart meters. Mm-hmm. If they're, if they're doing that, why can't they go in and protect? Well, yeah. they, they were the subject. They were the subject of that uh, physical attack, uh, but and and they were able to successfully end run it because they got an early enough warning. Once they start seeing their transformers being shut down, and they div- diverted things, you know, they, they supply also the Silicon Valley. So, all of that was le- left uninterrupted, as I understand it, and and now they. Uh, but whether they can uh, withstand a um, an EMP is something else, and that's another level of things. So between, so you've got a number of vulnerabilities within the vulnerability, and that is physical security in addition to the hardening of the of the grid itself. Now, uh, Michael, we wanted to let our listening audience know that you also uh, write on is that your boss is WND. Um, right, you write, you are, write articles there all the time. So if you go to right. that uh, web page, there's a lot of information not only about the EMPs, but a lot of other things that are happening in the world. So that's a great oh yeah, I've been website. I've been writing I've been writing because of my background I've been writing on uh, the rise of uh, the Islamic State, and I also have a background on um, Ukraine and and uh, Central Asia so in Russia so I've been recovering that crisis as well so it's been a, in addition to EMP it's all been a very busy time you know, it's pretty I, interesting as we're talking about this stuff right now I everyone does have a smartphone and I was going to say you know we have the capability to be able to put out um an email or a notification to everyone who has a smartphone, and they can they can go ahead and um, uh, vote on stuff that needs to be done in that format, and we could reach mm-hmm. everyone. There's so many people with smartphones. Why not do it that way? Again, you've got to have the ability to organize. connect with those smartphones and organize it. Yeah, there's only so much that we can do. Well, it's almost like, uh, Michael, it's almost as if the smartphones would not be operative unless you vote on this. Once you vote, your smartphone is back to you. <laughs> you know? It's, oh, yeah. it's, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a thing that this has to be passed. Let's take care of it. And, um, you know, and they have to read a certain paragraph or whatever so they know what's going on. And it's <laughs> like a necessity. <laughs> Well, if there is an EMP, all the smartphones will be wiped out. So, it, it's um, it, it because your major communication hubs will be probably greatly affected as well. So the, the smartphone will be useless, and of course, the well, number of people will be panicking as a consequence. Well, there's so many things that people uh, gathered together to uh, go to Congress, and it still doesn't work. So we have to have the right congressman in there. Well, that's Yay. that's the that's the start, and uh, you know they're confronted with a lot of issues. They're on what five weeks vacation now, so these kinds of urgencies uh, are are not on their minds at the moment. They are concerned about other issues, but uh, this is not one of them right now, and it needs to be. 
you know, their issue is to get re voted back in. <laughs> That's what well, they're concerned about. No, they're always campaigning, but they've got to see some substance, so that's, and we're not seeing it. We've got to have people who go there to get things done rather than to uh, pro- prolong a, rather than uh, massage a political career. So the problem here could be the uh, lobbyists from the uh, utility companies. Um, yes, stopping. yes, they, they're 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 in they're in those congressional offices all the time, and people like Fred Upton uh, receive a lot of campaign contributions from them. That's, I say, let's stop lobbying, but I can't do that. But, I mean, that that causes a lot of problems, the lobbyists. Yeah, you're not going to get rid of the lobbyists, but what, 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 but what you can do is get your state uh, authorities to start uh, working on the utilities and, and at the same time uh, two-track it to go to the federal government and start taking uh, 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 legislative action. Uh, we need a, you know, we need a president who can really look upon this as a national priority. I think people were stunned when... You know, during the last campaign, I think it was, that uh, Newt Gingrich, when he was a candidate, presidential candidate, was asked, uh, what is the number one uh, national security threat? And he says EMP. Everyone shook their heads, what is an EMP? But he knows about it. Gingrich knows all about EMP and what its impact is. And um, and he he's part of this um, uh, unofficial EMP uh, coalition we have here in Washington. There's about 28 members. It also includes uh, James Woolsey and, uh, and and Gingrich and a few others that are notables. And um, but again, it's all ad hoc. It's uh, it's all in, uh, unofficial, and it's just talking to members of Congress and trying to get them to get that legislation underway. And that's where we've been focusing on now is getting that legislation pushed to uh, get this done. And uh, and if it can pass the House, then we got to work on the Senate. And right now, the Senate is a non-starter. Since we since we continue to be a nation of laws, we got to work within the law. Yeah, manipulate it. <laughs> yeah, whatever works. Yeah, as long it won't as won't be the first time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, we all have to write our congressmen. And maybe yes. if we get a web, maybe if we and get I would a also add to your governors, your governors and your uh, state legislators as well. Now, California is regulated by the Public Utilities Commission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would it would it do any good right. to write them? Yeah, write to, write to them. Yeah, okay. I think as as many people to write as possible and as often as possible will be key. Now, is Roscoe Bartlett still in Congress? No, he uh, was defeated. He's out, but he does talk about the issue, but it's from the outside now. He has no legislative uh, powers of any kind. So uh, he is he's still a major advocate of uh, of de- dealing with this eliminating this MP threat, but he's on the outside now. He was one of, he was very instrumental years ago in while in Congress to uh, uh push this effort. In fact, it was through his efforts that we even got the Congressional EMP Commission to convene and uh, put out its uh, 2008 study, and that study is very comprehensive. I, if anybody wants to, they can go, they can just Google EMP Commission and actually read the whole thing on a PDF. Oh wow! Um, in my book, I put a, I put a the summary of the 2004, um, which was a preliminary conclusion of the EMP Commission, and then. When they published their final report in 2008, 
uh, that's what ultimately is available now on the on the uh, web. But and it reinforced what the 2004 uh, preliminarily said. Do we have anyone in Congress right? Do we have anyone in Congress right now that um, will step up uh, and talk about EMP? Yeah, you have Trent Franks, who's the chairman of the uh, EMP caucus, and uh, he's always uh, from Arizona. He's always willing to talk about it, and to uh, and to uh, uh, and he's the one who's the sponsor of the legislation, of the critical legislation. What's his name again? Trent. No, we're going to Franks. Trent Franks. Okay, good. Thanks. No, uh, so, uh, out of Arizona. I think what what um, we're going to do is write the article on our our Facebook. I mean, that's in a, that's our little <laughs> contribution for you. But mm-hmm. well, I recently did our... a piece, uh, a Q and A on what is. Um, it was on WND.com, and it was a Q and A on what the threat is um, uh, from an EMP. And I go into a lot of that. You can take that as long as you give WND. Uh, proper recognition, and just reprint that on your uh, website. Great. It was uh, a okay. Q&A, and it's, it's, already, it's already on the website. So, Thank you, Michael. Okay, we'll go on, the, on your website and take that and put it on ours. Yeah, exactly. So. I think the more the merrier. Michael, is there anything we haven't covered today that uh, you would like to uh, bring up? No, I think that just on EMP that pretty much covers it. Um and uh and uh, you know and the again we're on borrowed time and uh and even if we were to pass the legislation tomorrow it'll take a good five years to fix it. So we really need to start uh kicking into high gear. And any help well, that you we, can give on your websites would be most helpful. Well we want to thank you for being with us today and educating um our listening audience because I'm sure, sure a lot of them well, most of them haven't even heard of EMP, so. Well, happy to do it, and uh, I'm happy to come back sometime and talk more further on it. It just, you know, we need to constantly hit this subject uh, so that it becomes second nature to folks uh, over a period of time. Yeah, thanks for putting out so much energy into this. <laughs> we appreciate what you do. Well, thank you. <laughs> that is uh, really wonderful. Thank you for, you know, bringing it to our attention and everyone else out there. Mm. Well, thanks for having me. Okay. You're welcome. Have a great day. (laughs) You're the same. Keep on working. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Michael. Bye-bye. Yep, bye-bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.